This is where Atlanta soul at this particular point in time hip hop rolls meets the Nashville sound. The unmitigated gal and hits everywhere in between. Ellen Fitz talking music. L Talkin and Fitz. We are back with the most creatively named podcast in all of the land. L and Fitz talking music. It's Ellen Fitz talking music. But no L yet. L's, L's almost back. It's Jason Fitz holding down the fort. She is right around the corner. She's focused on what's most important right now, which is being an awesome mom, which she is. And she'll be back with us in just a couple of weeks after she gets off maternity leave. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm holding down the fort. And this is a really special episode. Uh, I know we, we're all over the place. We like to give you a little all the different stylings. But when L's out... Uh, you know, when, when, when she's away, I, I get too much into country. Uh, why? Because that's where I've been forever. And today we're going to have a, an incredible guest a little later. We're going to go deep dive with Ryan Hurd. And Ryan Hurd is a relatively new artist for some of you out of Nashville. His single drops tomorrow. It's called To a T. He's a spectacularly talented individual. Also, by the way, happens to be married to Marin Morris. So they are a spectacularly talented power couple. I'm telling you, in 10 years, they are the new Tim McGraw, Faith Hill to what Nashville is. They, uh, they, they are both stars and they are both incredible at what they do. They're both also loved in and around Nashville. Going to be a lot of success. So we'll talk to Ryan in a minute, who also big Michigan football fans. We'll find out how confident he is going into Saturday. Speaking of Saturday, before we get any further, shameless plug, but shameless plug time, go to Twitter. Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Twitter on Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern from 7 to 8 starting this Saturday, every Saturday throughout the entire college football season. I'm proud to announce I'm hosting the College Football Show, which you can find on the Twitter ESPN account. Uh, Trevor Scales and myself, we're both uh, Sports Center on Snapchat guys. Uh, we are coming together every single week. He played football at Harvard. Yes, that still counts. And uh, we're going to break down all of the game's actions. We're going to be together all day Saturday starting in the morning. We're going to watch all the games. We're going to chart all the games. And then we're going to, at 7 o'clock, we're going to give you highlights. No Twitter live show has ever done highlights. We're going to give you highlights of the best stuff you've missed. We're going to give you uh, incredible content from guys like Dan Orlovsky, Maria Taylor, uh, Kirk Herbstreet. All of those guys are going to join us and girls are going to join us at different times and we're going to give you some smart content leading into the big game of the night so we're going to recap and we're going to make sure you're the smartest guy walking into the bar on saturday nights as i always say with twitter i'm not looking to replace the way you consume your football i'm just saying on saturday you've had too much to drink you want to go someplace right then where you can yell about your favorite team the place to do it is on the espn uh, twitter account you'll see the links We'll tweet out the links. It'll all be there. I'm immensely proud of this show. It's something that I've spent almost six months working with Max Kelly, producer extraordinaire on, uh, and I've been involved in the ground floor up. So if you love it, it's all my work. If you hate it, Max corrupted all my good work, and it's all his fault. So before we get to Ryan, I do want to uh, give a little love to the CMA uh, nominations. The 2018 Country Music Award nominations uh, have come out. I am still a voter. I am still involved with the CMAs, uh, and – uh, proud and excited uh, to be a part of that. In November, uh, sneak peek, there's going to be some top secret stuff happening. Mike Golick Jr. and I are going to be a part of some things around the CMA Awards. You will want to stay tuned to that. But I do want to single out a couple of uh, a couple of things from this. Number one, Chris Stapleton is a darling at this point. You need to understand that Chris Stapleton is going to get nominations for everything he does because, frankly, he might be the most talented person in Nashville. But the other side of it is he's become the cool kid. Right. Like there's there are certain guys that have so much street cred and everything they do deservedly so that they're going to get 
nominations for all of it. And it becomes a really interesting question because Entertainer of the Year, for example, you got Jason Aldean versus Luke Bryan versus Kenny Chesney versus Keith Urban versus Chris Stapleton. Entertainer of the Year is always a difficult one for me because how do you value entertainment? I mean, is it based on who plays the most shows? Because I would argue this year Luke probably had the busiest schedule. Luke also played a bunch of stadiums, a bunch of baseball places. Chesney always plays massive rooms. So, so where, but then you got Keith Urban who played in arenas, but played a ton of arenas everywhere. You got Aldine who puts on a heck of a show. How do you quantify Entertainer of the Year? Chris Stapleton's an, an interesting one for me. And frankly, as much as I love his music and as much as I think he's the best thing in Nashville, I wouldn't vote for him for Entertainer of the Year. I won't vote for him for Entertainer of the Year because I don't find his shows to be particularly entertaining. Entertainer of the Year means you went out and you put on a show. Y'all can say whatever you want about Taylor Swift. I remember the tour where she had waterfalls on stage. Still don't know how she did it. That's entertainment. Garth Brooks goes out there. Man, I don't know how he stays chunky the way he runs around on stage. Chunky Garth. Chunky Garth still outrun me. No doubt about it. That's entertainment to me. So as much as I love and, and will be voting for Chris in most of the, uh, most of the categories he's nominated for, Entertainment of the Year, I'm out on for Chris Stapleton. Also interesting, you've heard so much about Chris getting the most nominations for the year. And that is true. He did. But it's also easy to just sort of forget about Dan and Shay. Now, Dan and Shay are out with Rascal Flats. They are the next Rascal Flats. I toured with them a few years ago. They were the opener on one of the tours we on. Good guys. Connected with them again this year when they came through on Rascal Flats. Big college football fans. We're going to get them on the podcast later on in the year. But what's interesting is that you have to remember that Dan and Shay didn't get as many nominations as Chris Stapleton. However, Dan of Dan and Shay got a couple of nominations for their song Tequila. So as an individual, Dan Smyers, half of Dan and Shay, has as many nominations as Chris Stapleton. Why is that not talked about? Because Dan and Shay is sort of like that fluffy pop country that so many people love to hate on. Go listen to their record. I'm telling you right now. Go listen to their record. Because they are pioneering whatever the next step is for country on normal radio. You may love or hate Florida Georgia Line. You all know how I feel about that, right? But Dan and Shay is doing what Rascal Flats did in the mid to late 90s. They're out there making records that are country and pop, that are going to be on country radio, that are also going to be on pop radio. Tequila right now is a massive hit, and it is a massive crossover hit. The entire record is full of those. It's not just a a, a hit for them. It's a home run. So kudos to Scott Hendricks, who's been around Nashville for a long time, and Dan Smyers for, for getting a production nomination for for Tequila. Spectacular song, and I want to give them a little bit of love, uh, you know, because it's easy to look at Dan and Shay and say, okay, well, we'll vote for him for, for Duo of the Year. But at some point, whether you want to or not, you're going to have to step back and accept the fact that Dan and Shay is a huge part of whatever the future of country music looks like. Also, not necessarily a shoe-in for Vocal Duo of the Year. They're up against Brothers Osborne. Want to give uh, those guys a little bit of love. They're sort of like the Chris Stapleton of what they do. You know, they're they're sort of edgy. Uh, the, the the records are a little more raw. It's got sort of, uh, you know, it's got a little bit more uh, guts to it. Some people really love it. Got a lot of street cred. Doesn't get a lot of radio cred. T.J. Osborne, by the way, huge Baltimore Orioles fan, Kyrie. So, you know, one of the, uh, if the Orioles are ever good and not, you know, 552 games out of first place, maybe yeah, T.J. I, will come on. You're going to need more than 31s to be impressive. <laughs> 
Oh, that's fair. That, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, some of the categories, album of the year, again, when you've got Casey Musgraves and Chris Stapleton up for it, I'm shocked if they don't get it. Uh, song of the year, uh, you know, you've got, again, Broken Halos, you've got a, a Chris Stapleton song in there. Uh, but Tequila is a song, again, Dan Smyers nominated, he co-wrote that. Uh, Tequila is a song I could see sort of sneaking in there. Vocal group of the year, want to give some love to Old Dominion. I love those guys. Little Big Town, though, is the best vocal group in country music. In fact, Little Big Town, get ready for this, is the best vocal group in music. I don't care what you have to say. You bring any genre you want. I can tell you this for certain. When Little Big Town sound checks, just sound checks, the four of them come out and sing together, the other acts on that tour stand out in the audience just to listen to them. With no band, with no tracks, with no tuning, with no help, they are spectacular singers. And they should be. When I got uh, past my first project, Kyrie, the first first thing we ever pitched, I remember we pitched to a record label in 96. And the record label called us back afterwards and said there were four guys in that group. We were doing like a vocal Beach Boysy sort of thing. They called us back and they said, man, you guys are great. We love you. But we just signed this mixed vocal group called Little Big Town a couple wow. months ago. That was in 96. Like they've been grinding for 22 years since they got their first record deal. That's amazing. Man. Yeah. So, you know, there's a reason why they sing perfectly together. And it's because they are not only incredibly close, but because they've been doing it together for forever. So, you know, as much as I love Old Dominion and specifically what those guys have done, if you ever have the chance to go see Old Dominion on tour, a lot of people don't realize that they've written, I think it's seven number ones for other acts. So in the mm. middle of their set, they do this whole portion where they, they just play the songs for everybody else that they've written to number, that went to number one. Like, oh, by the way, we wrote this too. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it, it was, uh, kind of funny. There were times that they would open for the band Perry and I, when I was the, the band leader for them, uh, for TBP, I'd have to go up to Old Dominion before and be like, "Hey, um, they wrote Chainsaw, which was a, a hit for us, and they wrote Better Big, T- Better Dig Two, which was one of our biggest hits." And so there was a moment where you had to come in and be like, "Hey, don't play those two <laughs> songs do that. in your set because we don't. You never want to repeat songs in a set." But it was always awkward when it's like, "Hey, don't do this song that you wrote," uh, which is always a always kind of interesting. Um, I, I gotta say, Fizz, I don't, and I hate to cut you off here, but I gotta say, to go back to the Entertainer of the Year award, now, I just have to say, Luke Bryan playing full court with Jimmy Butler was very, very entertaining <laughs> to me. Hey, you <laughs> and know, he has my vote. Man. I mean, if you can, if you can sing like Gomer Pyle and still film, like sell out arenas night in and night out because you look so good in your jeans, you must be entertaining, right? <laughs> like Luke Bryan's gotta be entertaining. Uh, no offense, Luke, you know, we love you. Uh, but I'm with you on that. That we got to get Jimmy Butler on to talk about. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. Uh, We're putting means. it in the universe now, Jimmy. Got to you. Got to come on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, Jimmy. You have no choice at this point. Uh, also, want to give some love to somebody none of you have ever heard of. Uh, but he's one of my closest friends, and he was nominated for Musician of the Year. Derek Wells, guitar player, uh, one of the best session badasses there is in all of Nashville. So, congratulations to him. Also, sneaky here, Burning Man. I think Burning Man will win the musical event of the year. It's Dirks Bentley with Brothers Osborne. So especially if they don't get uh, as much as Marin Morris and Vince Gill with Dear Hate, which was a spectacularly uh, wonderful moment. Dirks and Brothers Osborne have a lot of momentum and a lot of street cred. They can they can sort of appease both those camps with a win there. What I do know is that there's a lot of cool country like for all the all the idiots on social media that want to come in and say country music's dead or there's any problem with country music. I just listed a lot of acts that put on a hell of a show. 
And I can tell you this, the CMA Awards are going to be a hell of a show. When you look at male vocalists of the year, Dirk Bentley, Luke Combs, Thomas Rhett, Chris Stapleton, Keith Urban, they're all guys that can sing and they're all guys that put on spectacular shows. When you think of female vocalists, Miranda Lambert, Maren Morris, Carrie Underwood, Casey Musgraves, Kelsey Bellarini, those are all people that understand how to put on great shows. There is actually talent and really good showmanship in country music right now. So the CMA Awards are going to be epic. Now, He's not a part of the CMA Awards this year, but I have a sneaking suspicion he will be sooner than later. I said it earlier, and I just mentioned his wife several times, Maren Morris. Uh, but I, I, I truly believe Ryan Hurd is one of the next talents to watch over the next five years to come out of Nashville. And we are stoked that he decided to come hang out with us on this podcast. Hey, this is Rascal Flats. Hey, this is Gary. This is Joe Don. And I'm Jay. And, and we're, we're Rascal, Rascal Flats. Flats. Not the band Perry. So one of the coolest things about the music podcast on ESPN is that I get to bring two of my worlds together and do it sometimes with friends. So we're going to go now uh, to Ryan Hurd, who's joining us, singer, songwriter, artist, dropping a single tomorrow, also a Michigan fan. So we got a lot we're going to get into here. Uh, Ryan, first and foremost, to a T is the single that drops tomorrow. Congratulations. This is a really big deal for a single to come out. And I always tell my buddies from the years that I did it, like the ride sucks. You put so much work into it, man. When you finally get to that point that it's coming out, like, do you take the chance to it? You should take the chance to enjoy it. Are you going to get to do that tomorrow? Man, that's a really good way to start. Um, <laughs> you know, the, I've had, I had to talk. I mean, I don't know. This seems like our whole, like, I think when you're an athlete, your entire world is, you know, being an athlete and when you're a musician it's sort of the same thing it's like all your friends do the exact same thing that you do and there's so much that goes into getting everybody on the same page and getting the song written and recorded that when you finally do get to the point where it's going to come out i don't know if you're exhausted or what but like this morning i kind of had to wake up and like kind of jolt myself into like how big of a deal it is to actually have another song get released on a major label so that's just it's that in itself is a huge victory and like I've already gotten a lot of response from just people that I really respect that do what I do, other artists and writers and stuff and also like the fans that I have and that we have like just hearing little clips of it and being excited, man, that's enough to kinda get your like kind of get your your blood pumping. So it is a really, really exciting thing. But it is amazing because realistically, one of the things that I always say summed it up when we would get into release week on tour in general, and, and you've been a part of this in so many different ways in your life, it's almost like relief, right? You finally get it out there and you're just relieved that it's out there and you can at least start whatever the next step is with it. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And I think that we get caught up so much in like, there's never really a finish line. Like, <laughs> right. And so it's, it's really important. And my wife was telling me that like the other day, she's, we do the same thing. And, but she was like, you need to really like step back and really enjoy Friday because it's going to be a really special day. And that really kind of like stopped me in my tracks and made me go, okay, this is, it's time to like celebrate one thing. And, and when I started doing this, all my buddies and I were just, we have no idea what we were doing. And we were just trying to get our foot in the door and we would, you know, party too much in Nashville and pretend like we knew what we were doing. But we made this rule back in the day where it was like you celebrate every step. And I think at some point you get, you kind of grow up and it sort of kind of sort of lose that magic about how special it is to make music, not only for a living, but just to get to be able to continue making music as much as we do 
as adults. Like that's a, that's a wild thing. It's like, I wake up every day and I don't have a job and I really, really like I do, I guess like this is a job to write songs and to go play shows and to put songs out and records. But truly, truly, this is not a job to me. It's like, it's a, it really is a calling. And I think that's, that's kind of a, of a similar like way that I think athletes look at what they do and the way that musicians look at like kind of their work too. We're talking to RCA recording artist Ryan Hurd, and it's funny, you know, because when I had Flats on this podcast, we sort of did the same thing. We we went through all this deep stuff, and I, I think it's funny to me because what you just talked about, the, the sort of appreciating the journey, it, it wears you out so much, and it's one of the interesting things that when I made the transition to sports, uh, a buddy of mine sent me an engraved bottle uh, of fancy liquor and said, you know, congratulations on ESPN. And every time I sign a new deal or start a new show, I take one drink from that bottle. And it's sort of, sort of a moment <laughs> where I force myself to take like 15 minutes by myself and just say, hot damn, we did it, you know? And, and that's the toughest yeah. thing to do because, you know, you, you're going to release a single and, and to a T again is the song. It's great. I get, you know, I get the luxury of getting to hear this stuff before everybody else. It's great. And it's something to be proud of, but then you got to start working that single up. So it's, it's such a crazy piece that, even the the even the relief and the joy, you know, you, you got to refine it day in and day out, man. I, kudos to you because you've been a part of this now as a writer before. Also, obviously, you've been a part of hit songs as a writer. How does it feel when it's your you know your name, your face, your brand on it versus when you've written something? It, 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 the stakes are just so much higher when it's your own name. Like that's kind of the long and the short of it. Like I have the number two song in the country right now as a writer, so. Like it's, but it's a little out of my mind because the song that means that I'm putting all my effort toward is the one with my own voice and my own name on it, just because I have to. And uh, it it just means more when it's your project. And that's not to say that writing songs for other people isn't a passionate thing. Like that to me, I, it's like wearing two shoes. Like I can't really imagine myself just being an artist or just being a writer for other artists in Nashville. It's like, no, it's like a, a pair of shoes that you wear. You have to have both of them. So, but it, it's just a little bit different when it's, when it's yours. I mean, it's like, you have to go, do, it's you going and doing the work and you going and meeting the radio stations and you going and playing the shows as opposed to just like willing it up the chart. So, uh, I don't know. It really, it's just a different mindset and that's a, it's a, there's just a whole lot more emotional energy I think that goes into it and a whole lot more of, your actual self just because it is your name and you're putting out, I don't know, it's a vulnerable thing to put a song out and it's, but it's been something that's been really rewarding for me, even though it's been a lot of work and a lot of fun. It's, it's, it really is amazing to just have your own name on something and to see your own name on a chart. It's really cool. Well, and, and it, again, it's it's interesting all the parallels in life that we're going through, you know, because as much as I can sit in and host on something like Golik and Wingo and I'm proud when I can do something like that or first take and, you know, they're big shows and I'm proud of it. We're launching a college football show on Saturday, uh, starting this Saturday, that'll be on Twitter, shameless plug on my own podcast, from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern every Saturday through college football season. But it's the first ever show where six months ago they came to me and said, okay, we're giving you a college football show. You can do whatever you want. And it's been months and months of planning, and I am 48 hours away from it, and I'm puckered up beyond <laughs> belief because I'm sitting here saying – my God, if this fails, I don't have anybody else I can blame. I don't have somebody else be like, well, that was his terrible idea. They're all my terrible ideas. So it is funny how ownership changes. Even when you're doing what you love, ownership changes when you have more, when the stakes are higher. 
Yeah, and Marin talked about that the other day with me, and she, we were talking about this tour she's on, and she's out with uh, Niall Horan, and she we talked about the difference between, like, she toured with Sam Hunt, and she's open for Keith Urban on these huge summer tours, and now this one, and, you know, she's kind of coming to the realization, it's like, man, it's, it's just a little bit different, though, when when it's your audience, like, the people bought you at the top of the ticket, right? I mean, opening they're still opening for somebody else's fans, right? When you're on Golik and Wingo, you're talking to their listeners, but when it's your name and it's your show, those are your listeners. And that, that just, not only is it like scary, but it's also like, I think the most fulfilling thing that even if you're playing a show for a hundred or 200 people, hopefully you're playing for more than that, but let's just say that (laughs) that's the number, but they came there for you. Like, I think that people in music, like, find that so much more like life giving than opening for somebody else. And it's not because opening for other people is a bad way to go. Cause we all do it because it's the way to build a fan base, but, and make money, but there it's, it's different when it's your name and it's your crowd and it's your show. It's, it's a special thing and it's a cool thing. And I think that risk is what, like, I don't know, that pit in your stomach is the thing that makes it all worth it at the end of the day. Well, and it's your journey to take somebody on. When you've planned the lights and you've planned the video and all of it's on you, it's your journey to take somebody on. That's really powerful. You mentioned Marin. Obviously, you're newly married to Marin Morris, uh, and uh, absolutely she's had a meteoric rise that's been really cool to watch. Uh, helpful for you? Or, like, I, I mean, when you when you have somebody that's going through sort of the same things but doing it as successfully as she is right now, is that helpful? Or realistically, is there some pressure with that? Oh, there's no, no pressure at all. I mean, that it's, I, I wish every artist could have somebody in their corner the way that she's in mine. It's like, not only is she like a support system, but at the same time, she's like just really smart. So like, and she knows how, like what works at the radio and she knows my songs more than anybody else does. So she, she kind of is the A&R with our manager. We share a manager. And we have a, another person at Sony that really helps out with all that stuff. But it's like her ear kind of is better than everybody else's in a weird way. Not in a weird way. She just knows what she's doing. So I, <laughs> there's no pressure. It's just well, and that's amazing. A really awesome thing, man. You hear so often, like, or at least there's an outside perception so often that two people that do the same thing it, it becomes super competitive. But what you're talking about reminds me a lot when we talked to Zach and Julie Ertz before the Eagles played in the Super Bowl, and, you know, she's having all of the success that she was having as an athlete at that time, but still sharing in his success in his moment, even though they were in two different spots in the world. It is possible for all of that to come together and really be helpful. It's cool, you know, it's cool to point that side out to everybody. He's uh, Ryan Hurd joining us, and Ryan, we've talked so much deep music. Now let's get to what's really shaking. Friday, you're focused on your single, again, to a T. Saturday... You're focused on a, a little tiny football game, I would imagine, because I've seen on Twitter you're already placing some bets in Notre Dame, Michigan. You are a Michigan fan. Your level of 1 to 10, your level of confidence this year in Michigan is? 1 to 10, okay. Uh, I would say a 7. I mean, to me, it comes down to Shea Patterson, right? Uh, and I think the receivers are great. And I think Higdon's great. And I think that defense is amazing, but... That's the toughest division in football, and Notre Dame's a tough way to start. I mean, I think it's a it's pretty close to a pick 'em, right? So, uh, but I'm excited just because there's so many people from Michigan in Nashville who are Michigan fans, and they're all like coming over to the house to watch on the projector in the backyard, and 
So it's, I don't know, man. Like, I think they're going to be great, but I say that every year. So now, but I, is it... I think Jim Harbaugh is great, and I love kind of – I wish that he could <laughs> develop his own quarterback. But other than that, like, I think being competitive in that division is sort of like you're going to go through your – like, you're sort of just flipping a coin every year as far as, like, the games that you – you know, these games they you win or lose Michigan State and Ohio State and Penn State. It's like – they're close every year, so one of these years it's gonna the coin flips are gonna go our way and we're gonna get through. You know, I, I love the fact that you flippantly said, and I don't disagree with you. I think you're right. It's the toughest division in football this year. But let's face it, you are in the thick of SEC country, son. There's a lot of people down there that don't like that answer, especially some of our fellow uh, artists. So, uh, do you get a lot of trash talking between the Big Ten and the SEC with guys? Not really, because I don't think that most <laughs> people know that Michigan football is a thing down here. <laughs> So, I mean, it, we have so many Georgia people, and then I, you know, had a lot of friends from Alabama who are Auburn fans and Alabama fans. So, I think the thing about the SEC folks is they're so focused on that that anything outside of, you know, that world is sort of not, not even like close to their radar. So, but I, you know, I I enjoy being in Nashville just because like it feels like we get a little bit of everything. As far as college football, like we have Vanderbilt, and we have you know UT, a huge UT following, but I think because it's such a diverse city and there's so many transplants, there's so many like different like fandoms and perspectives and stuff in this city that it, it really makes being a fan of a northern team really really easy and actually like unique. Like people want to talk about Michigan football because I'm the Michigan football dude in this town, so. Uh, and it's, you know, but that is, that's know, such a huge difference, you know, from, cause I always say I moved to Nashville in 96, 97, and I didn't really grow up a college football guy. So it's amazing that I cover it now, but I didn't really grow up a college football guy and I moved to Nashville and everybody went to the bars on Saturday. So I was like, all right, I'm an NFL guy, but I'll go watch college football. I happened to walk in wearing a red shirt, not knowing I was walking in to an Arkansas UT game. And I, as I stepped one foot into the bar, I had a beer thrown in my face because you know, it was such a Vols town. So for years, oh man, I was I was anti Vols for years. I'll admit that openly until I started touring with so many guys that were passionate UT fans, and it sort of melted my heart a little bit. But it's funny how different. You're right. Like Nashville's such a transient city now. There are fans from every team, and that's true. I, I think that's one of the things that frankly hurts the Titans sometimes is that there are so many fans of other NFL teams. You know, it's hard to get everybody around the Titans when, you know, depending on where you grew up, you already have a fandom somewhere. Yeah, and the Titans are their own beast. Like, that – I'm a huge Titans fan, huge Preds fan, too, just because I, I love – I've been here long enough to have really, like, adopted this city as my hometown now. But, yeah, that's the, – the Titans yeah, – Let's the face it, man. Let's wait, wait, wait. You're Michigan. It's not like the Lions have been giving you a lot to, che- to cheer for for a long time, right? Well, so, like, quick – this is the quick overview of, of where I've lived in my life. I was born in Chicago. My whole family is from Chicago. Grew up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is halfway between Chicago and Detroit. So my family, we're all Chicago fans. Oh, all my friends wow. are Detroit fans. So I kind of grew up like right in the middle of that. And then when I got to Nashville, I just decided, like, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. I love this town. I'm gonna, I went to a couple Titans games. I went to a couple Predators games. And was like, this is... These are my teams. So <laughs> that's awesome. I've really loved like the. I think the Titans. You know, they they have it. I think they have it a lot tougher than the Predators at this point, just because there's so much 
football competition. And the Predators have done such a great job of making their thing and it's such an experience in downtown Nashville that like they are they're cruising right now. Everybody wants a piece of that. But the Titans, it's like if they're great, if the Titans are great, people are going to really support them. And if they're boring and they're losing, then it's going to be like, I don't really want to go sit yeah. in the stadium when it's 95 degrees at one in the afternoon and watch a crappy team. So hopefully they're good this year because I think Marcus is pretty, is pretty good. I, I don't know. I used to think he was going to be a top five quarterback and now, now it's like a prove it year, but uh, hopefully, hopefully that offensive line and him can like keep it together for an entire year and get him back to the playoffs. Well, and I think you're totally right. When people move to Nashville, most people don't have a favorite hockey team, so it's easy to embrace the Preds. And the Preds have done such a nice job of integrating into downtown and becoming sort of the party thing. And it's such a fun vibe that's easy to go to. The Titans have a much tougher beast because so many people grew up fans of their own team, and so many people fly in from other cities. They want to hang out for the weekend and go see their favorite team play in Nashville. So. Uh, it is a prove-it year for the Titans. I think it's also a prove-it year for your boy Harbaugh, though. I think there is a little bit, come on, there's a little bit of pressure on him going into this year to get it done and get it done right, to at least beat one of the rivals, right? Like, it is, as chaotic as the rest of the Big Ten is, specifically with all the controversy around Ohio State and Michigan State, whatever that plays forward, don't you feel like there's a little pressure on him to win one of those rivalry games this year? Yeah, but there's always pressure on them to win those rivalry games. Not even one of them, to win all of them. And I think sometimes when you look at it like that, I don't know. I just think, like, what were you before he got there? Like, what was Michigan football before Harbaugh got there? And now I feel like there's so much stability, even though the quarterback can't snap the ball. Like, the there's so much consistency now to a point where I think there's such a base that if even if this year – in a really, really tough division, they come out 8-4 and four or something like that. I still think the consistency means something, and I think that the recruiting will continue to be at a high level. And I think you've got to kind of see what's going on at Ohio State, too. Like, if if all of a sudden, you know, the bottom falls out in a big way, which still could, all that stuff is really ugly. And let's say next year there's an entirely new coaching staff at Ohio State. Do you really want to start over at the same time? So, I don't know. I think there's a lot more things to consider than just, like, did you beat Michigan State when Michigan State was really, really good? Well, and that's a that's a, a really fair point, and I always say you got to realize the, the importance of brand recognition, and Harbaugh brings brand recognition for Michigan. It's it's easy for fans to lose sight of where they were before a coach comes in. And you're right, Paul Feinbaum said with us on first take the other day, he thinks at the end of the year Urban Meyer's going to step away. So you just don't know what the future's going to look like. What I do know is the future looks badass for you, man. Uh, to a T is the song. We're going to tweet out a link to it. You're going to see it there. It'll be all over Ryan's social page. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ryan Hurd. Man, I appreciate you hanging out with us. I'm really proud of you, my friend. Uh, it's a great song. This is a great ride. Enjoy every second of it, man. We appreciate you hanging out. Thank you so much, man. I'm going to go have a glass of milk and a ribeye for Jimmy. Hey, y'all, this is Jess Lee, and you're listening to Ellen Fitz Talking Music. Again, I can't say enough uh, great things to Ryan Hurd for coming in, for hanging out, and just for being an all-around talented uh, individual. So we'll keep an eye on that. And again, we're going to tweet out the link so you'll get it. Speaking of links, y'all, I, I specifically I, I cried out to you. I said, country music, send us some stuff. Now, number one, I'm going to be tough on country music. All right? There's no doubt about that. I am going to be tough on country music. I'm proud of the genre. 
So when you send us something, like, why is it that the hip-hop guys and the rock guys that send us stuff, the demos are fully produced, they sound great, the country guys think that they can just sit there with an acoustic and send us something. No. I want I want something real that we can get behind. Also, we got to have your socials, y'all. Like, we did get a couple of submissions that we liked, but if you don't give us social media to pump it, how can we give you any love? So let's try this again. Get us some more country stuff. If you submitted last week without your social, can't help you there. Like, get us your Twitter, get us your Facebook, get us your Instagram. If you don't have one, create one before you send us some music. Good Lord, y'all. Uh, also, we're going to we're gonna do a pump-up list because, again, I am pumped up for the fact that Saturday starts college football season. Again, you can check out the Twitter show from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN's social handles. It's called the College Football Show. You'll see it out there. So in honor of that, we're going to put a, a, a playlist out on Saturday. We'll put the playlist out, give you some pump-up college football music. If we miss something, tweet us, let us know. Uh, and if you if you feel like you've got a better uh, a better playlist out there, uh, hit us with that too. We love collaborative playlists. We're not doing enough of that. And that's a little on me, a little on you. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get together and make some collaborative playlists that are spectacular that can get everybody pumped up for the return of college football. Kyrie, what is your favorite college football team? I should know this and I don't. Oh, man. The Rutgers Scarlet Knights, That's why the number know. one team in the NCAA. I mean, I think we were the first team, as a matter of fact, to play Princeton in the 1800s when it was relevant. Um, not so much anymore. But, hey, we're Big Ten, sure, and there's sure, a lot sure, of things sure. going on in the Big Ten, so maybe we can squeeze two or three more wins. I don't know. Um, Kyrie, if you're a Rutgers fan, how much do you drink in sorrow on Saturday nights? I mean— <laughs> There is a point here where one of my favorite things is I don't have a favorite college football team, so I have, ah. I have no I have no skin in the game. I don't care who wins or loses. The only thing the, I the this, on the fence guy. This is your this is your one hot take for college football, right? If there's only if there's one thing I'm rooting for this particular season, it's for zero SEC teams to make mm, the playoffs. Wow, zero that's, SEC teams. The reason I want that is because I want eight teams in the playoffs. I want eight. Teams, I want an expanded playoff, and the only I way agree. that that's ever going to happen is if the SEC gets shut out completely, because then all the SEC fans will actually start to riot. We'll be worried about the South as a general health, and they'll they'll <laughs> expand the playoffs. That's that's my one hot take uh, that that, uh, that I've got going into the season. Other than that, only my beloved Oakland Raiders make me cry. And this season, I think they'll do plenty of that. So uh, right. hit us with your playlists um, and and any advice really on how to handle. Kyrie as a Rutgers fan and uh, hit us with your country. I want to know what country music guys are out there and girls are out there with great music. We want to help you get found. We are proud of the fact that we got some good relationships with labels. Yes. If something if something really moves us, we will forward it along. That's all we can do. We can't promise somebody will sign you, but we can at least can promise we can get your music heard. That's part of what we want to do here for you guys. So tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody. Just make sure everybody listens and make sure that you are uh, you're tweeting or emailing your submissions it is l and fitz talking with no g music l and fitz talking music at gmail.com so get us the uh and, and don't don't suddenly tweet me with a link either that does me no good we're trying to keep all this stuff sorted you want me to look up for you no go to l and fitz talking music at gmail.com email us a submission and if it's good we'll get you heard that's it for us we're going to keep the, the the guests coming big name guests coming this fall we will have some more country coming uh, i've got some exclusive access to the cmas that's going to get you uh, uh some cool stuff coming up in the fall too so uh, make sure you're tuning into us tell your friends tell your family and l will be back any day we can't wait for it thanks for listening to us guys we appreciate you